0: Welcome to this special edition of Philly Full Court Press All Star Weekend. I am your host, Big T Will. I got my man, Mr. Nat Marlowe, producer extraordinaire. What's happening, Nat? Oh,
1: Mr. T Will. Both of us have been incredibly busy, but that hasn't prevented us from watching some really good basketball. So it's good to talk some some hoops with you today, my friend.
0: Man, listen, we, we've both been going 100 miles an hour in opposite directions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, hey, but, we met uh, up. We met up at some point. We you know we made a few left turns, and you know we were finally able to come together to talk some hoops this week. So, and we do this. We do this for the people.
0: That's right, and we'd like to welcome in all our new new listeners to the show, and all our uh, our uh, faithful loyal listeners to the show as well. We appreciate you guys so much. Uh, when we put that message out there, we appreciate you guys listening. We actually truly mean that. So, you know, I hit the applause for everybody. Riding with us. We all made it to considered the first half of this new NBA season, shortened season, 72 games instead of 82 games. And um, we made it. So, this is where we're going to have a little fun for a couple days. And with the COVID restrictions, it's not spread out so much. Everything's getting played on one night. You have the All Star game, the slam dunk contest, the three point shootout, the skills challenge. All wrapped into one night. And, you know, I hope the NBA pulls it off, Nat, How about you?
1: They've gone through so much. They haven't had as many problems as the NFL, obviously. But, I mean, with the way they've been able to persevere throughout this whole thing and haven't had any major problems recently, I, I see them going the full mile here. I mean, keep, keep going. Just do whatever you can. Like, get through the rest of this NBA season. Don't have any more COVID cases. And push on through.
0: Yeah, and people in Atlanta are skeptical, you know, right now because they could, this could be a potential super spreader, which they have that right to be worried, you know, based on the numbers and, and the rate of transmission and the vaccine distribution going on in uh, Georgia right now. So, you know, there's a lot of variables and hoops and, and ropes that the NBA has to jump to pull this off. I want everyone to be safe. I want players to go back to their teams healthy and safe because you know we have to rev up for the second half of the season so with that being said matt um the sixers are number one overall in the eastern conference the sixers are in first place of the atlantic division as well and they're holding off the brooklyn nets so you know we're going to get into that a little bit they had a, a great Come back win against the Utah's Jazz. That was a well-fought game. I didn't think the Sixers were going to pull it off. They didn't look good at all. And all of a sudden, you just saw momentum changing for them, momentum changing, going into the third quarter, cut it down to nine, cut it down to seven, get down to five. And Utah, I got to give Utah credit, real talk, because this is a bad matchup with the Sixers because Utah spreads the court and they can get buckets. They got guys that come off the bench and fill it up quickly. And they have a veteran presence with Michael Connolly Jr. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a bad matchup for me personally. Most people wouldn't say that, but you know, I'm going to keep it 100 week. It it just, with the people the firepower Utah has, to beat them in a seven-game series, if they get to the finals and if our Sixers get to the finals, it's going to be a tough stretch, Nat.
1: Yeah, without a doubt, man. I mean, this team—they're going to have their work cut out for them, and they're going to have perhaps a difficult stretch. And you got, you got to win as many of your games as possible here, especially if you want to keep you know the number one seed. But you know, a lot of the other teams are getting hot. What if they go cold? That's another possibility that could happen. And I see scenarios going on where the Sixers could go through a tough stretch, but then they get right back in it and then prepare themselves to make a deep playoff run. I could totally see that happening. So yeah, you got to keep an eye on your opponents, creeping up on you, but as long as you keep putting in the work, then they're going to have to chase you and you're not going to have to chase them.
0: Right. And that's why it was so important for them to finish out, you know, this first half staying where they're at 24, 12 in the mix right now. Um, But the one thing I'm talking about, the match over Utah, every time the Sixers got a key bucket in that game, it seemed like Utah came back and responded. And they responded with an A-1, which, like, you you filled the balloon over air, and pop. They took the air right out of it. And then in the fourth quarter, that wasn't happening. You know, the Sixers were getting buckets, and they weren't trying to trade buckets with Utah. So, I mean, overall, good game. You know, Bonjanovic, I mean, he he had 18. Gobert Gobert had 12. Mitchell, you know, all-star, 33. And, by the way, was that not classic Joel Embiid, Nat, to get him not one but two techs?
1: That three at the end?
0: (laughs) First, yeah. We can talk about the three. Like, San down, what was it, 118 112, something like that, or 116, 115, 112. They needed a three to tie the game, and Embiid takes that step back jumper and hit nothing but net. And that's what an MVP does. He took the big shot. The shot clock was running down. Any other situation, we would have been like, "No, why are you taking that shot?" But when he released that shot, I just had a feeling it was going in. that. didn't you? I, it.
1: it... Not really, no. But I didn't know what type of play they were going to, uh, like devise. them see, like when I'm in the studio, like I'm cutting highlights, so my mind is going a million miles a second. I don't even really have time to pay attention to the game because I'm paying attention to Tom McGinnis on the call and how I have to like edit the highlights. So I'm more yeah, so you're busy. You're busy. Yeah, I'm more so paying attention to what Tom McGinnis is saying and how he's saying it as opposed to the actual setup of the play. And usually, like, if when I tune into the actual play, it's like once it happens. So when he made that three, I couldn't believe he made it. But uh, it, it was just so exciting cutting up that game. I mean, Joel Embiid, another MVP like performance. And, you know, I'm thankful that I get to cut his highlights for a living, especially yeah, in the so- prime of his career. <laughs>
0: Yeah, yeah, you're one of the lucky ones, and I, I'm thankful that I can sit here and cover it and talk about it. Um, so when you're cutting the highlights, Nat, you go back, then you see the play. So when you went back and saw that play, what was the emotion like when you saw that after hearing it?
1: I see. I I actually didn't see the actual play until after the game. So okay, it so was,
0: talk to me. What it, talk to me? What did you think? It was per- like, oh my god, right?
1: Yeah, perfect. <laughs> perfect setup and it's just another one of those games where you know Brett Brown coaches that game Sixers don't win. Hands down they oh, don't Sacks. win. That's a Doc Rivers type game, that's a Doc Rivers type play. He devises I mean you're up with so few so few seconds left in the game to tie it up like that. Absolutely incredible. Great work out of that.
0: Oh, facts. Now you dead right. Brett Brown would have lost that game at the end of the first quarter when the Sixers were down 34-26. I mean, 100% accurate on that. I agree with you. Yeah, you know, there's just, just some things that we have to talk about. And we're going to get back into it later on in the show. So, you know, we just talked about the good. But, you know, there's some things that are, are questionable and skeptical. And later on in the, in the show, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, but I want to get into the, the All-Star weekend because this is an All-Star show. And we got the selections. We know the teams. Nat, hit Ernie Johnson with the West starters for me.
2: With the West and the captain, are you going to tell us the with 5.9 million votes, LeBron James? Okay, making his 17th straight appearance, all as a starter. That's the most all time. 26 points a game, eight rebounds, eight assists, shooting 50% from the floor. All Star Game MVP in 2006 and 2008 and 2018. Nikola Jokic joins him along the front line third straight appearance in his sixth season 27 points a game is number eight wow. as is 11 rebounds nine assists is number five he's shooting 57 percent leads the league in double doubles with 25 in 28 games and has six triple doubles this season the other starter is Kawhi Leonard of the Clippers who are 21 and nine third best record in the west Fifth All-Star selection. He was the MVP in 2020 in Chicago. This year averaging 27, 6, and 5, 51% shooting. Anthony Davis, by the way, was fourth among the frontcourt vote getters. West backcourt led by Stephen Curry. Seventh All-Star appearance. All of them starts. He's averaging 30 points a game this year, which is second in the league. Five rebounds. 6 assists, shooting 49%, 43% from deep, and leads the league in threes made with 145, 33 more than Dame Lillard. Luka Doncic joins him as a starter in the backcourt, his second straight selection in his third season. 29 points a game is number 5, 9 rebounds is number 18, 9 assists is number 3, 7 triple-doubles leads the NBA, and that is where the tie occurred. He and Damian Lillard Tied in the rankings, but by fan vote, the nod went to Luka Doncic.
0: There you go. So there's the West starters. And we know with the West starters, we now know the team, that Team LeBron saw. So on Team LeBron, we have Giannis Antetokounmpo, yes, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, Nikola Jokic, Jalen Brown, Paul George, Rudy Gobert, Damian Lillard, Chris Paul, uh, Sabonis, and Ben Simmons. So we're going to talk about that team right there, okay? But before we get to that team, the West had some snubs. They had some serious snubs, okay? And we just talked about them, and I just talked about being a veteran presence on the team, Michael Conley Jr. Michael Conley Jr. is putting up all star numbers. I compare Michael Conley Jr. right now, his game for Utah as Tobias Harris, who got snubbed in the East as well. So there's a definitely a case for Conley Jr. to be on that team. But I'll tell you what, look over what Ernie Johnson just named as the NBA west starters and now we know who the reserves are it's pretty hard for me to take someone off that team that it's pretty hard
1: it really so, is and it was like yeah there were people who got snubbed but I, I, to take a look at a guy like Devin Booker I would love to have Devin Booker on the NBA West because you said it yourself he's one of your favorite players to watch but yep, who do you remove and wouldn't they be snubbed as a result?
0: Yeah, and thankfully, you know, once again, Devin Booker makes the team because AD's out hurt. So, Anthony Davis out, AD makes a team. And I personally think Booker should have made the team regardless. Regardless, he should have made the team. Hey, I, I was actually pushing when Phoenix was first talking about Getting rid of Devin Booker. I think it was like his second year in the league. He came to Philly and dropped 54 on us and, and and a comeback win for Phoenix. And they had nobody. Everyone on that team right now is probably not on that team now. And we had we had I think it was like second year Ben, uh second year Ben, third year Joel, something like that. And Booker gave us the business. And I was like, man, if he ever shook loose to put someone like Booker next to Embiid and Simmons, whoo, come on, that, Come on, that's crazy. But another snub we're going to talk about is, is believe it or not, DeMar DeRozan. DeMar DeRozan, you know, he's playing in, in San Antonio. People forget Spurs are still, you know, they're still for real. They're in the, the hunt. They're not – number one overall, like they were for 20 years, but they're still in the hunt. They're in the mix. De uh, Rose is 31 and he's averaging just under 20 points and seven assists and five rebounds per game. You know, he, he's probably shooting the ball at his most efficient uh, percentage right now in his career. And he's shooting like a 90% clip from the free throw line. So, I mean, he's put San Antonio on his back as the leader and has them in playoff hunt, contender, And he's another guy that got snubbed. So there's going to be snubs. But when you look at this roster overall, it's hard. It's hard to take someone off. So those two guys that I, I named, Booker and DeRozan, just named two. The only person that I can think of looking at – People coming out of the west, off the west side, before the teams are broken up and drafted. There's only one person that I, I really could could take off the west, Nat, and and it, and even that is tough for me to even and say. And it, it would have had to be, well, actually maybe two. Rudy Gobert, even though he's a defensive presence, his his offensive numbers are pretty weak. Rudy Gobert and See, it's a struggle. It's a struggle. I, You can't take Zion off because that's what the NBA is pushing. Uh, you're not taking Kawhi Leonard and Paul George off. You're not taking Damian Lillard off, what he's doing. He's potential MVP candidate as well. You're not taking the Joker off. Hey. You tell me, Nat. I mean, who's the other guy? Like, now I'm looking at it, I'm like, man, maybe this just for him. Maybe this is just Colbert.
1: See, to get Booker in, I would take CP3 off because Booker has been
0: better than CP3. <laughs> yeah, but CPC, CP3 is one of the reasons why Phoenix is up there in the top three teams overall in the Western Conference. And having a the season, they're having. He's a, as Barkley always calls him, he is the best leader in the NBA. He's the best leader in the NBA. And he's leading that team. And Booker is the perfect, perfect right hand wingman to bolster Phoenix up to where they're at. But I wouldn't argue with you if you took CP3 off and had Booker on. Me, personally, I wouldn't argue that. I'd be cool with that. But it's an argument. It's definitely an argument. So, LeBron drafted his team. And once again, uh, Ben Simmons, for the third year of his uh, young career, being an all-star, is going team LeBron. And Ben said something that he kind of hoped that he stayed on team LeBron's team because – they haven't lost the All-Star game being on Team LeBron. I don't think Team LeBron is going to win this one this year. I like the East chances, number one. Number two, how do you feel about how the draft goes, Nat, when they draft the teams?
1: Well, I was kind of a – well, not really a snake draft, but it's I, – I, I I don't – I can't get inside the minds of Kevin Durant – and LeBron James but I mean LeBron says with you know he chose freaking uh, Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell last well that's why they chose them last because oh no one pick no one growing up picked the Jazz in their video game so why would we pick them in the actual NBA All-Star game Nah, when he said that I was in
0: tears LeBron said quote I mean let's be real Playing video games growing up, no one picked the Jazz to play with. And this isn't a knock on Utah, but no one picked them, even when they had Malone and Stockton. And he's dead right. No one ever picked the Jazz. You couldn't play with the Jazz in, in uh, NBA Live, in NBA 2K, and, and all the other uh, basketball games out there for EA Sports and stuff. You, know you who couldn't do them? it. it was, who?
1: I think my dad picked them. We were playing NBA Live once. And I, th- I think he picked the Jazz. That's the only person I've ever seen pick them.
0: I I have a friend of mine who was a, he was outside the Sixers team. He was a dollar Sixers fan, but he rooted for the Jazz. He liked Stockton and Malone, And he occasionally picked the Jazz as well. But he never ran. That was never his first team he picked. But occasionally he would pick the Jazz because that's his team. But – but um, LeBron's right, man. I Every time I, you know, was playing those games, I never picked the Jazz. I, they didn't even come across my board. Not, not once. So, I mean, is that a dig at Utah since Utah just busted the Lakers' ass and they got the best record in the West? Is LeBron taking shots at them to get in their mental so next time they play each other, you know, Maybe that extra motivation he's giving Utah could backfire against them. Oh, totally. Yeah. It, it Jedi, my trick. So, you know, Le- LeBron knows what he's doing. He, he knows why. Uh, and I wouldn't be – be honest with you, I wouldn't be shocked if him and KD didn't talk about that. Just to leave those two as the last two picks on the board, one – and two, after they're coming off an overtime loss. So, they're coming off the overtime loss against our Sixers. They're in, they're in the postgame complaining about the refs, which they had a valid point. The referee of that game was atrocious. And I don't talk about the refs or complain about refs whatsoever, but that was a poorly officiated game. You can't have – And listen, I was watching – I was watching how the flow the game was and into it. And I was also looking at the chatter. You can't have it both ways. If the rest are going to let them play, then you got to play through all that. You can't complain that the rest aren't making any calls. If the rest are allowing them to play through it and the rest got to be more consistent. If you're going to let the teams play through it, let them play through it. Don't all of a sudden start making the calls later on in the game that you didn't make earlier in the game where you let the guys play through it. Me personally, I'd rather them just, just play through it, play through it, keep ball and keep hooping. Cause that's what they did when back in the day, you know, and I'm not saying that back in the day, but just in the Jordan Kobe AI era, they let them play. So if you're going to let them bang, let them bang. But you can't complain about the refs and how how the game was officiated if that's how they called it throughout the game. You see what I'm saying? That
1: I totally see what you're saying. I mean, like, when it gets to the point where uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobero find what weren't they find like five thousand dollars? Yeah. Constantly complaining about the refereeing. I mean, come on. Joel Embiid already said it. It's like, look, I get fouled all the time because when people, like, try to defend me, like, it's inevitable I'm going to get fouled. Like, it's just going to happen. So you have to play a game a different way if you want to beat me.
0: You got to switch the game up, but you got to – the players can't – the refs shouldn't have to adjust to the players. Nowadays, it's like the players got to adjust to the refs. They got to adjust to the refs. Same way in football. You got to adjust to the rest. If the rest are called it one way, you got to play it that way. But, yeah, man, so that's the West All-Stars. Uh, we talked about the snubs a little bit. Coming up, we're going to take a look at the East uh, All-Star uh, starters and All-Stars and who got snubbed in the East. We're also going to do a breakdown with our Last Media family, Mr. Rob Manoff. He's going to jump on and hang out with us on this All-Star edition. That is so much more on this edition of Philly Full Court Press. Grab your drinks. Stay with us, fam. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks.
3: If you want to make something that truly reflects the city of Philadelphia, it better be great. It better stand the test of time. You better expect to work if you want the results. That's just how the city was built. And that's just how it made. You see... Here, greatness requires a push and a pull, a challenge, a goal, a chase, a pursuit. But when you get there, by day or night, you'll turn the curve into as great a city as you'll find anywhere, where the stars light up the night, reflecting Icon. Rock the baby to sleep and slammed up. Reflecting greatness. Iverson has Jordan down. Reflecting the spirit of competition that's oh. fueled us from the start. 10 for 10. Built for the city, built for the night battle. Hello,
0: right, everybody, welcome back. Big T Will, Nat Marlowe, doing Full Foot Press. And like I said, uh... On the other side, I said that we had a special guest from our family, Last Out Media, my man, Rob Manoff. He's going to be in here with us. He's going to break down the east. We're going to talk about the snubs. And since this is an all-star special edition, he's going to hang out with us with uh, Q&A. So, ladies and gentlemen, let me bring in Last Out Media's on Mr. Rob Manoff. Now, hit the pause button for the family member. What's going on, Rob? (laughs)
4: Yo, what up, guys? How you guys doing?
0: My man, my man. Well, first of all, thank you for coming on. Appreciate it.
4: Yeah, man. Thanks for having me.
0: And uh, we're gonna jump right into it because we got a whole lot to talk about. So we got the West starters, and real fast, I want to touch the West since uh, you know Nat and I just talked about the West starters. We talked about the snubs real fast on the West, and I talked about. Uh, Nat brought up Devin Booker, but he's getting in off of AD. But then we talked about DeMar DeRozan and, oh, Michael Conley Jr. So, out of those two guys, when you look at the West team, and you know the starters and you know uh, who was selected as the reserves, are you taking anyone off and adding Conley Jr. or DeRozan on the squad?
4: No, I don't think so. Um, you know, you can you can make the argument for a lot of guys, especially when it comes to that eleven or twelve spot. And uh, no, I, I think I'm pretty pretty set on the Western guys, and you'll find out soon. I think I'm pretty set on the Eastern guys too. Um, yeah,
0: um, there was one guy I, I said I would potentially take off was Gobert.
4: You you could. Um, like, he, he's been playing really well, and they are first in the West. But, like, when I think of All-Stars, I think of guys like I want to watch play basketball. And um, hey, you don't want to watch Yeah, right? Like, like, how many <laughs> screen assists can he have in an All-Star game? I don't care about that stuff. Not playing exactly. All-Star game, right? Exactly. Exactly. So.
0: I want to see, uh, see firepower.
4: Yeah. I mean, I guess he can catch some lobs, so that'll be cool. I don't – listen
0: – Nat brought up a good one. If you had to check, uh, if you had to pick between Chris Paul and Devin Booker, who are you selecting? Devin Booker. Right, right. Yeah. Hey, so that would be the only switch I would be okay with.
4: But he got in.
0: Yeah, he got in off of AD being hurt. Uh, he should have been selected. But I brought this up to Nat, Rob, and I want to know your opinion on this one. Because uh, you have basketball mind. What Chris Paul, as Charles Barkley says, is the best leader of the NBA. And I agree with him. The numbers he's putting up now, catapulting Phoenix to where they're at in the top three teams, top four teams in the Western Conference right now. Do you think that's worthy enough for him to be selected? Or do you think his counterpart... Booker should have been selected because he's putting up the scoring numbers.
4: I would have selected Booker. Um, but the NBA has kind of tailored to like some of the old guys before. So they might be thinking this is uh, like the coaches and stuff might be thinking this is Chris's last last go around. So they gave it to Chris. Um but like like we said before, if, if we're putting numbers aside and we're just taking all star games, like I wanna see guys like Booker out there. I wanna see guys like um, you know, LeBron's the, the non go the the more flashy guys. So if it's close between the two, I would have went Booker. If I had I,
0: I agree. I agree. Um I didn't look at it like that as his last go around because honestly I thought Houston was his last go around. But it seems like Chris Paul got nine lives. Like, he's still, he's still hooping. And he's still hooping at, at uh, you know, the pace that he's hooping right now. So, it, you know, mm-hmm. if he still could do it at a high quality rate, then, you know, continue to play. And if the fans are enjoying it, he's gonna to continue to get selected in. But, you know, so let's jump over to the East. A-Nat, hey, play the East starters for me.
2: Shall we? Okay. The captain? is Kevin Durant. Nearly 5.6 million votes, 11th All-Star selection. What a comeback. Averaging 29 points a game, seven rebounds, five assists, shooting 52% and 43% from deep. Two-time MVP of the All-Star game, four-time scoring champ, and two-time horse champion, Kevin Durant. Meantime, Giannis Antetokounmpo joins him along the front line. Fifth straight All-Star selection, 28 points a game is number seven. 11 rebounds is number seven, he's shooting 56%. Has had 11 games of at least 30 points for the 16 and 12 Milwaukee Bucks. Anybody wanna guess on the third? Yeah, Joel Embiid of Philadelphia. Fourth straight selection, averaging just under 30, which is number four, a career high. 11 rebounds, 12 games of 30 points or more, matching his total from last year. Most consecutive starts for a sixer since Allen Iverson had seven. Jason Tatum finished fourth in the balloting. In the backcourt, Bradley Beal makes his third all-star game and his first start, leading the league with 33 points a game. Also five rebounds a game is a career high. He's had 16 games of 30 or more and a game of 60, second only to Steph Curry's 62 this year. Kyrie Irving joins him as a starter in the backcourt for the 18 and 12 Nets, his seventh selection. Career high, 28 points a game, five rebounds, six assists, 53% shooting and 44 from deep. Wow. The all-star MVP in 2014 and the rookie of the year in 2012. James Harden finished third among backcourt players in the Eastern Conference.
0: All right, so there you have it. So you got the East starters we all saw who team Durant picked. The snubs on the east are sixer, Tobias Harris. I can make a case for him. Another snub, Bam out of bio. There's always going to be snubs, like you said, between eleven and twelve, Rob. And this is going to this is one of them games where you just want to see the best of the best. And you don't you can't you don't go wrong with any of these players. But Tobias Harris, the numbers he's putting up right now for the Philadelphia 76ers are incredible. It's all-star worthy. He's actually living up to the contract that he signed right now. He's being that third fiddle fiddle to Ben and Joe that this team was looking for him to to be. So when I look at Team Durant and the all-star reserves, the first person I'm taking off is Nikola Vukic because Orlando is not playing well. They're not in the playoff hunt, and I don't think he deserves to be there because his team's not successful. How do you feel about that, Rob?
4: Yeah, I I don't know. And like you said, his team's not successful. Like, they're not doing well, but they've been bugged by injuries. And in all fairness to the East Stars, and, you know, obviously I want, you know, Tobias in there. I'm a big – I've been defending Tobias for a year and a half now. Um. When again, when you get to that ten, eleven, twelve spot, like there there's eighteen to twenty all stars in the East right now. Um Trey Young didn't make it. I and mean, look at the numbers pulling oh, wow. up right now. Like, I mean, granted, his team is awful, but um, so yeah, I would have taken him off. I probably would have taken Sabonis off, you know, for the pure spectacle reason again that nobody wants to watch Sabonis play basketball on Sunday night.
0: Like, <laughs> but Sabonis is balling though, he's hooping, man.
4: He is, but he's, six bo- six, boring.
0: Six, he's boring. Six, he's boring. But, but that's like that's like here you go. The guys put up numbers. His teams in the playoffs hunt. Like, I mean, it's tough. It's it's tough. I I look at it like this. I'm glad I don't have to make these decisions. I just have to vote for him and then talk about them. You know what yeah. I mean?
4: And then even Sabonis, like like you just said, like he's playing well. His team's in the playoffs. He wasn't he a sub for Kevin Durant, right?
0: Yeah, so and
4: Lucevic, I Vucevic made it over top of him, which... Crazy. Yeah.
0: Crazy. And, you know, Rob, it's funny because speaking with Rob Mano from Last Out Media, um, it's crazy because Harris should have been taking Durant's spot. Vucevic shouldn't be on there. And then Sabonis should have made the team. So, yeah. it's... I mean, explain that to me.
4: I don't know. I got nothing.
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um,
4: other than the fact that maybe they just want to spread as many teams as I can, because I think Sabonis is the only Sabonis and Vucevic are the only Magic and Pacers in there, right?
0: Yeah, I believe so. They're the only ones and, that made it from their market.
4: And uh, no other teams have fleet players. Maybe the Jazz do. Did Conley they- make it?
0: No, he didn't. He got snubbed. The only team that has three players is uh, the Brooklyn Nets. They got Murray the and Kyrie and Durant, but Durant's not playing. And he that's is. another thing. With Durant not playing, I don't think he should have picked the team, even though he was the captain. Like I, I kind of that was kind of weird.
4: I thought they would have picked a new captain too.
0: Yeah, I mean, to who was the whoever was the runner-up behind LeBron and, and KD in voting from the East? Should have been the captains and picked a team. But nevertheless, Team Durant, Durant picked a good squad. And I'm happy that Embiid's not on LeBron's team, to be honest with you.
4: Yeah, I want to see them two go at it.
0: Yeah, definitely. Because Embiid cooked him last year in the All-Star game. So I think I want to see that again.
4: I wonder so like the All Star games usually laid back even last year until the end it was kinda laid back. But like I wonder how much Embiid uh wants to uh, go after LeBron after LeBron pushed him.
0: I I, I look at it like this. Embiid wants to win because Ben's talking trash saying the last three game the last three selections he's been on um LeBron's team and they've won. So he has a loss. So just that little inner rival right there. I want to see him be like, all right, you're talking trash. Like, okay, bet. Now, I think the East has a better team than they've had in previous years when they started this uh, co-captains and selections. And I think now it's a more favorable matchup for the East than it is uh, the West with Team LeBron and Team Durant. So, but, I mean, seriously, we can make a case for Harris and – but it's hard, man. It's hard to take off someone like Julius Randle, who has the Knicks one game above five hundred. Uh, Nat and I talk about the Knicks a lot. Uh, at first, it was just to make fun of them. But then I started noticing something different. And I knew Nat wasn't really paying attention too much because he's so busy, you know, with everything he does. And when Nat realized where the Knicks were at, it, our jokes turned into like, whoa, wait a minute. New York finally has something to cheer for. So Julius Randall definitely belongs. You can't keep someone off like Zach Levine. The Bulls are fighting uh, for the seed. Like and and that would be the argument: and, Zach Levine or Trey Young, really.
4: And and Zach Zach's numbers are insane. Like they're they're insane. He he deserves to be on it.
0: Yeah. So he definitely deserves it. Trey Young deserves it. But Atlanta went from number one in their division to number three in their division, falling like almost three, three and a half games out of first in their division and falling out of the playoff. They were in the playoff hunt two weeks ago. And then they yeah. fired Lloyd Pierce. Yeah, That's one of our guys.
4: Fired. Yeah, I, you know, the uh, only thing holding back, uh, Trey, is team success. And um, I don't know, maybe – because the media – I think the media votes for the reserves too, or is it just coaches? But, I mean, there was, there was the whole thing with uh, John Collins, and John Collins said he, he didn't like playing with Trey – because Trey doesn't pass the wall and stuff. So like, those <laughs> kind of narratives around him probably hurt him, to tell you the truth.
0: you Probably so, but John Collins isn't on Trey, Trey Young's level yet, and he has to understand right now he's robbing the Batman. So you got to play that Robin hmm. fiddle and play well.
4: I don't even, and think, he's, he, I don't even think he's robbing. I think he's on his way out the door.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, that too, because of them comments. You can't come after him like that. That's Trey Young, man. Yeah. Like, if it wasn't for Trey Young, Atlanta would wouldn't be as successful as they are. I mean, le- nevertheless, they got a good replacement, and um, uh, Nate McMillan, and I think Atlanta will get back in the hunt with the uh seventh, eighth seed. Definitely fighting for that spot. Well, um, yeah.
4: they'll dev- they'll definitely be in the hunt for the uh, the playing game. That's for sure.
0: The, anything it, can happen with that.
4: The nine and ten, or the yeah, the nine and ten seeds they're playing in, or something.
0: Yeah, the nine and ten seed so play in, and then you got the the uh the once that happens they play in, and then the one through one through eight plays. One, yeah. So, um, I mean it's it's weird. Adam Silver trying something different again, and you know what? I think this playing game and the way the league is set up this season with it seventy two games instead of eighty two games, I feel like that that's potentially why. We're not seeing so many trades, buyouts, and moves right now because teams that normally would be sellers aren't sure on what the second half of their season is going to look like. You know what I mean?
3: Yep.
4: There's a lot of talk about that right now, saying that the deadline might be slow. And another thing, too, not to get off track, but the deadline, a lot of contenders don't have a lot of things to trade. So when the sellers are selling – There's just not, like they say, there might not be that much of a market. But we'll see. They said that last year, too.
0: Yeah, the market's slim. The market's real slim. So, I mean, if you want, real quick, um, uh, we could talk about what our Sixers needs are because we're going to jump into that on the next side. But, you know, names that were floated out there, the J.J. Reddicks, the Blake Griffins. the
4: Well, Blake Blake got bought out today.
0: Right, Victor yeah. Oladipo, Ursan Ilyasova, uh, uh, Nat, uh, ben, uh, Belly from Sacramento. You know, uh, these yeah, aren't yeah. Names, yeah these these names aren't you know marquee names. They're not, names. They're not no. yeah they're not marquee guys. They're not jumping at you. They're not the names that the fans are going to get excited and jump and jump through hoops to say let's go. We're going to the championship, but. Yeah they could bring something to the team that the team doesn't have already. Same with Boogie Cousins. I mean, just just names out there that just aren't great names that, you know, you're not too sure. So you either take the high, high risk and potentially have no reward, or you go with a low risk guy and potentially get a high, a high reward. And that's the type of season it is this season. So, me, personally, I'm just going to sit back and wait to see what happens. But I do know something is about to happen, especially with them moving to uh, Isaiah Joe to the Bluecoats, Rob, and what, clearing up space. They let go Dakota Dakota Matt, Matthias so uh, early, yeah, early so in Joe, the season.
4: Joe with the Bluecoats doesn't really do anything because he still takes up a roster spot.
0: He takes so, up the he takes up the roster spot, but he's gonna eventually if with him playing down there, and them releasing Matthias, they have a spot open.
4: No, they don't. No, they they signed John Tucker to the other two-way spot.
0: That's right. That's Isaiah, right.
4: You're right. Isaiah Joe's is actually signed to a real NBA deal. He I think they got him on like the three-year Shake Milton special. He's just down there just to get some running because he wasn't playing up here.
0: Same. Same with uh, I was going to lead into it with uh, Paul, right?
4: Paul Reed, yeah. So Paul Reed's a two-way guy. So he he in normal years he would have the ability to come up and down, and he would only be allowed to play in 45 days with the NBA club. But they this year they just lifted 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 all those uh restrictions. Yeah. So once the G League's done, he'll be back on the team as a two-way guy still.
0: I forgot about that sign. I thought they had that one open spot left. Nah, they, so,
4: the guy from he, he used to play for Houston. Uh, he's yeah. a wing. He's pretty he's decent. I mean, he's got some athletic he's got length. for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's got
0: he's got some length to him. Um so that being said, since now that uh they don't have that spot, now I definitely see something happening. Because yeah, talk, much. talks talks are saying that they're, you know, PJ Tucker and a second could potentially be happening with the Sixers.
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm not really like a big PJ Tucker guy. Um, if that's the only move at the deadline, I'll, I'll be highly upset. Um, <laughs> you know, he he can probably come in and fill that like five that small ball five thing. But I, I don't get the the love affair with Sixers fans and PJ Tucker to tell you the truth. Um, well
0: it's the it's the blue collar work man pj pj Tucker he he, he works hard he crashes the boards he rebounds that picks yeah, he, he gives you that that work that we haven't had since sarge
4: yeah and i get that but to me like if i'm going for a second unit guy unless pj's a buyout or like a uh like a second rounder kind of thing because he's an upgrade over scott um mm-hmm. I, I need i need scoring off that second unit Tell you the truth.
0: Yeah, I listen, so, man, I'm with like,
4: you. Bring, bring in PJ Tucker in who's gonna hit a corner three every once in a while, that's cool, but th- he's not solving your bench problems.
0: And that's where we go back to square one when we say there's not a lot out there at the moment. Well, there's that's gonna excite you. Who will hold that? Hold that because we'll okay. use that on the other side. We'll right. use that on the other side. Hey, man, listen, we got Rob off from our family, last out meeting, hanging out with t Well and Nat Barlow. So we broke down the, the East. Uh, we talked about the West a little bit. So coming up, we're going to talk about the new restrictions down at the Wells Fargo Center. Rob, get your opinion on that, with the fans now be let in. Uh, we'll break down in the second half of the schedule real fast, and Rob's going to hang out with Q&A on his all-star edition of Philly Full Court Press. Stay with us, family. Grab your drinks. We'll be back after these quick commercial breaks.
1: Hey, Vito's. Hey, yo. You want cheese Hold hey, up. Hey, steak? Hold on. Hey, Cheese steak. Not
3: cheese steak. Coming on! on? Coming what? on! What?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yo, we got burgers. Hey, what's a burger? What does he want? A burger? You get the cheese steak. Get yeah, yeah, the awesome. cheesesteak. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, they wait, both sure. Forget about it. Drop the phone.
3: What? what do you want?
4: Cheese steak or you want a burger? Hey, what's he want?
1: Burger. Hey, Pop. He wants a cheesesteak
0: and a burger on one buck. What does he want?
4: We do that? We don't do
0: that. We don't don't do
1: that. We know that we're asking Americans to do a lot right now. So we're asking everyone to be selfless for others so that we can protect those who are
2: most susceptible to this virus.
0: A question I often get asked is, why should young people care about the spread of coronavirus? Well, we know that people with underlying medical conditions over the age of 60 are at highest risk, but they've got to get it from somebody.
3: Social distancing is really physical separation of people.
1: It's what we refer to when we ask people to stay at least six feet apart.
3: Not going to
2: bars, not going to
0: restaurants, not going to theaters where there are a lot of people. It all just means physical
3: separation so that you have a space between you and others who might actually be infected or infect you.
0: We all have a role to play in preventing person-to-person
1: spread of this disease, which can be deadly for vulnerable groups. For more information
0: on how you can social distance, please go to coronavirus.gov. Yeah, welcome back everybody. Phillips Four Court Press, Big T Will, Matt Marlowe, Rob Manoff. You guys got uh, a triple threat here today on this all-star edition of uh, the show. And, uh, you know, Rob and I we're having a little behind-the-scenes conversation, a little chatter, and we're going to get into that. But, Rob, with the restrictions being lifted down at Wells Fargo Center with the COVID restrictions, and now fans will now be allowed in the ring, I think March 11th will be the first game. Um, media-wise, are you guys still going to be Zooming or are you going to be down there now also?
4: Um, so I think I'll be Zooming, um, because, so they already have media guys in the building, um, which is kind of weird because they're in the building, but even the availability is, they still sit at their tables and go on zoom. Um, but for us, I I don't think they're going to add extra media down there this year. Um, but I haven't I actually haven't heard anything to tell you the truth. And I it probably should reach out. But um my guess is we're gonna be pretty much zooming for the rest of the year and then reattack next season, you know, depending on how this the rest of this virus and the vaccine and all plays out.
0: Yeah, the um because at, I wanna bring that in on this one. Nat with the flyers. They have the first shot of having fans in there. Um, expectations, what are you hearing? Because uh, Nat does uh, the podcast for the uh, Broad Street Bullies as well. So check him out. And we always talk a little Flyers on the show. Nat, um, what's going on with that situation with the Flyboys? I mean, the,
1: as far as I know, it's pretty much the exact same situation as the Sixers. You know, whoever's already allowed in the building, it's I guess it's pretty much still going to be in the building. And... Uh, like the whoever's doing it from Zoom my guess is will still be doing it from Zoom like i like i i am not one of those guys that has like a press pass or anything like that or is going to be able to no, get no, one no. At least this keep, season so i i really have no clue when it comes to that department
0: yeah but you keep your ear to to the ice a lot so you know you you do hear a lot of things so that's why i asked you uh,
3: coming so my, from
4: my guess ahead, too my guess too is um they they can have thirty like three thousand fans at the Sixers game, but well, they they still only have a certain amount of uh, workers, team members, and media guys, and I don't think they're going to sacrifice, you know, a body that they need necessarily for a media guy when we can just continue to do it from Zoom. Does that make sense? Yeah,
0: that makes like, sense, and, and just to keep everyone safe, though, so, you know,
4: they yeah, they I mean, put was-
0: a, a eleven million dollar um, ventilation unit in there,
4: and we're so. We are- we aren't exactly out of this. Like,
0: no, no, you know? no, so no, 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 no,
4: no, I don't Definitely think they need not. to rush to get the whole, every media member in the Zoom thing back in the building.
0: Hey, look, brother, listen. As a season ticket holder, and, you know, when my phone was blowing up, asking people, asking, you know, do I have tickets? What's my situation? Am I going? I'll be damned if I go up in there. I'll tell you that right now vaccinated or not, I'm not going up in there. I have no no interest in going in that building until next season, maybe.
4: Yeah, I think but, after the summer would be better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have no interest. And, and I was talking to a, a friend of mine, and I said to him, you know, it's funny, I said, you know, even being vaccinated, and this, this would be the year the Sixers <laughs> would get to the Easter Conference Finals, and the uh, NDA finals, maybe potentially. And then I have a tough decision. And we were talking, like, well, won't we just get those hazmat suits like Joel and B had mm-hmm. and get them spray painted out with Sixers uh, logos and stuff and, in there and sit there in our hazmat suits? And, so, you know, it's funny because he said it as a joke. And I'm sitting there trying to design it in my head because that potentially could work.
4: Right. <laughs> Would you uh say they say they win the whole thing this year, right? Would, would oh. you go to a parade? Being outside, <sighs> um, it's tough, man.
0: It's tough. I I I actually I did potentially think about that. I, you, know what, you know what I would do? You know what I would do? Instead of being at the see for the Eagles parade, I was right there in front of the art museum, right? Yeah. So. With the Sixers parade, I think I would go where if, if wherever it starts from. If they come out of Wells Fargo or however they start, and then they work the way to broad, I think I would be there. And then I'm I'm hijacking my butt out of there, and then I'll finish watching the rest on TV. Yeah, so I
4: didn't I didn't go to the Eagles parade. Um, I had some unfortunately I had some, my wife had to go to the dentist and I had to stay home with my son, but um. <laughs>
0: You said like, that's a bad thing. Huh? You <laughs> said like it's a bad thing.
4: It is and it isn't. But, you know, it's funny. I was actually on Twitter the other day, and uh, I was talking to the, this one guy about going back in, in the stadiums and all. And one thing that we started talking about was, like, forget the virus. When was the last time you were in a crowd? Like, I get anxiety. Oh. Like, part part of the whole PTSD thing, like, crowds give me anxiety to begin with. Right, right. And I haven't been in one in a year, over a year. Like, I haven't been around people. I've been, you know, I'm at work, you know. There was one time at work that we were a little crowded in a little bit of a room. And there was only like seven or eight of us. Um, and it didn't last long, but it's it's weird, right? Like,
0: <laughs> Yeah, you you got to reacclimate your, your system to that type of situation. And yeah. it's funny because you and I both work out at the same gyms. And the gyms are starting to pick up a little bit. So, you know, even myself, I get a little anxiety. And I wear two masks in the gym
4: now. Yeah. So, so I'm actually pretty lucky. Like when I was when I work out, I go at a, at a weird time. So I either go like first thing in the morning or I'll go at a, like 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And it's not like the crowded time. So I'm able to at least space a little bit.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're talking with Rob Banoff Last Out Media. Um, so, you know, on the other, on the before we got into it, Rob said he had a guy that he thought that could catapult our Sixers in the second half of this season that could potentially get them to the Eastern Conference Finals and the championship. Um Rob, who are you thinking and tell me why you think uh this person could do it?
4: So my guy, and I've finally decided this now, um, is Kyle Lowry. Um, He, to me, uh, he might be a little expensive and people aren't going to like it. But he, to me, is the the Marcus Gasol move of the Toronto Raptors when they won a championship. Um, I've always thought, I mean, I thought for a long time now that the Sixers need another ball handler. Um, Before the bubble, I actually wrote an article where I did some – diving into like uh, b ball index and stuff like that, where, because Ben would start quote unquote, starting to play off ball and Ben's ability, his rim gravity, his ability, his role, like when Ben sets a screen and he's, he's locked in and he rolls, he he's really good at it. He's actually, even though he doesn't shoot, he does a lot of good things off ball, but he's never had anybody, you know, to, pay. he was always the best passer. He has no, he's never played with a real distributor. Um, and I, I think Lowry can still play off ball. And I think he brings that one last, you know, veteran presence. Um, and you can, once, outside of the starting five, um, he's a major upgrade to the starting five over Danny Green to begin with. Um, and then outside of the starting five, you can you can uh, stagger him and Ben. So you always have one of him or Ben on the floor. And then you have a guy that can score off the dribble, a guy that can shoot a little bit, and he can play alongside Dwight in those, the non embed minutes. Um, and I, I just, I've convinced myself that that's the move. Uh, Maury, everybody knows Maury loves him. Um, he's rumored already. I think Keith Pompey wrote, the sources believe that, you know, the Sixers and the, the Raptors have had talks, um, I just listened today, actually, to a podcast with Windhorse Tim Bontemps, and Tim McMahon of ESPN. And they think that of all the teams involved, the Sixers actually probably have the best chance for multiple reasons. Um, and it's just whether or not that Toronto wants to trade them or not. So some people say that they shouldn't trade them because they're starting to trend up. Other people you know, will say, like, they should trade them. I personally don't think, like, the one rumor out there is uh, Drummond to Toronto, mm-hmm. Lowry to Philly, and then somehow works its way through Cleveland and picks and stuff. Um, I don't think they're that much worse if they can get a player, a center or a big back that's going to help them contribute. And e- even, like, the guys on the pod today, they said, like, they don't think with Lowry they're a championship team or without Lowry they're a championship team. And Toronto needs to figure out if Kyle is coming back or not next season.
0: Well, the Raptors are, are high on their young guards, and rightfully so. They are. Um, they,
4: they just played for Van Fleet. Uh, Norman Powell started to play better. And, I mean, it's not going to help them this year, but they they drafted a kid, Malachi Flynn, who I thought yes, I really liked. Yes, yes.
0: Yes, Flynn, Flynn is going to be a monster if he gets the playing time. under, And especially with Nick Nurse. I think Nick Nurse is a, a damn good coach. So he's in the yeah. right system for himself. So Kyle Lowry just sold his house. Reports are coming out. He just sold his house he in did. Toronto as well.
4: He did. Um, actually, it went up for sale right when uh, the Raptors found out that they weren't going back to to Toronto this year.
0: Correct. So, so that,
4: that leads me to believe he's not going back. <laughs>
0: that because he has nowhere else to he doesn't have a place to lay his head and I just don't see Maury mortgaging what the rumors are for Lowry so in order for this to work Toronto is going to have to bend a little bit yeah because I'll I'll tell you what as the Sixers have never had a guard since the Ben Simmons era has started they've never had a uh, uh, on the ball guard, off the ball guard, uh anyone to run next to Ben, right? So, Not a guy like Larry. Yeah, a guy like Larry is a is like a the perfect fit for that. The problem is, you know, we all know his age, okay? We know he probably wants to come home to Philly. He had a potential shot to come home to Philly, but I'm I'm glad he didn't because I think Brett Brown would have screwed that all up. See the thing is Toronto has to lower that price because 34 year old Larry, you know, NBA champ, still can play ball, still can hoop. I can't give up what Toronto wants, Rob. Like, I just I can't give up the first. The money has to match. I mean, is he going to sign a discount? Who knows? There's too many variables and hoops. Are you
4: like, uh good? Are, are you basing it off the ESPN report? The, the, no, two, just, the two I'm, first and
0: well yeah that and I'm basing it off uh prior reports when this initially started a few weeks back. So Toronto's Toronto's asking for a lot. They're gonna have to compromise or yeah, you're know, gonna have to get a third team involved.
4: Team, teams always ask, right? Like I mean yeah, had, right. The uh Houston asked for a young cornerstone plus picks and they got just picks, right? Like they're not keeping the Depot, so they they you, you can ask all you want, <laughs> you know. Um, and I, I saw the ESPN report, and personally, I think if you they might if you do Maxi and a first or a two first one protected in 2023, I think that's going to get you there. I don't think Maury cares about draft picks, um, given his history.
0: I kind of so. disagree. I, I slightly disagree. Because Maury even as, as much as his, his his history says he doesn't appreciate draft picks, for him to always make those deals, he has to have draft picks. He had to have draft picks to make those deals. So they're always a key factor when he's wheeling and dealing. So and and he's been out he's been out and on you know on record saying that he cares about the draft picks. But yeah, he... his track record making a trade says he doesn't.
4: He also said that they weren't trading Ben Simmons. And I think it became clear that he was about to go for Harden. So uh, uh,
0: I, I had, I don't think Harden was ever, I think Harden was more hyped by everything else but Houston and Philly. I think Harden was always going into Brooklyn. And I think Houston played it right by mortgaging everyone else to ask, telling them what they wanted. And Brooklyn Cage because Brooklyn needed that that third start.
4: Yeah, but I, I think uh, I I still think the Sixers were trying.
0: Oh, I mean it's James Harden.
4: And if I think they know. were and what I, and yeah. I think they were willing to move um to move Ben if they got the opportunity. I do think they were.
0: Yeah, I don't think they were going to, but you know, it is what but it is.
4: They doesn't they, they, matter they, anymore. They,
0: don't That's right. I was just about to say that they didn't move him. It doesn't matter anymore, and I know you're a Ben fan because you and I talk a lot. I know you're a Ben fan. I'm a Ben fan, and you know the way he's playing right now. I'm kind of glad they didn't move him. So yeah, I didn't, I,
4: I'm glad they didn't either.
0: Yeah, Ben, Ben, Ben brings too much to this team. But Rob, man, second half of the season, okay? You have the schedule. I have the schedule. It's a pretty tough schedule. The when you look at it, it's a tough schedule. Overall, it's I think it's the sixth easiest schedule. Earlier in the first half, they had the fourth easiest schedule. They have a daunting eight-game, uh, five and seven, eight out of ten, back-to-backs, uh, premier teams. Um, they got a stretch where they have Dallas, Brooklyn, Clippers, Warriors, Suns, Bucks, Bucks. And then ended with Thunder Hawks Hawks.
4: And like two, like only two of them are home, right?
0: Yes, yes, yeah, two of are home. That is a tough schedule.
4: Yeah, it's weird. The schedule is like when you look at it, when you do it by win percentage, their schedule is pretty easy. But you got to take into account too, like the entire East is at five hundred right now, other than the Bucks, and and then teams are better than I think their record show. I agree. So you're going to play mostly East teams. And if you're going off a win percentage, it's going to be less because of how bad most of the East records technically are, even though like the heat are probably better than the record. Um, The Celtics who are probably tougher than their record. So, but though they have like, like you said, that eight out of 10 away games, you know, with the West coast trip, like those groups of games together are going to be tough. And um, I mean, it's going to tell you a lot about them, right? like, if you think about it, the end of March, I think, is when that road trip ends. Um, I think we'll know, you know, if they're – it's going to tell real. you a route about them. Those little, those little groups right there will tell you, you know, what kind of – what they actually are.
0: And that's why I think something's going to happen because, let's be honest, they're good. We love them, but we both agree they don't have enough. Especially with that bench, the bench definitely scoring. Yeah. Um, I, I desperately want a four stretch four guy to score off the bench. They need that. Um, we'll see, man. I don't know what Daryl Morey's thinking. Uh, like I said, there's not too many names out there. Uh, you're not good. You're not high on the PJ Tucker. I like the move, but they got to get me a guard. So if they could get me like a George Hill and PJ Tucker that one of our listeners, uh, Shout out to Ryan Fields in Florida, uh, has mentioned. Uh, we discussed that on a couple of shows ago. I wouldn't mind that. I mean, like, once again, it's they're they're just small pieces to help. They're not that one piece that we think that's gonna catapult. The Kyle Lowry piece may catapult you over at the top, but you're still gonna be weak in the four spot.
4: So, so they, can, they can still make moves in the four spot even if they get caught. True. So they True. can go out. It might not be PJ Tucker. Um, actually, they probably could because they have the eight million dollar trade exception. Right. So they it can actually get it's
0: nine million now.
4: Is it nine? So they, 9 million. And they have. So they actually have another trade exception too from the Markel Fultz trade. That's like two million, I think. But um, they uh, they can get a PJ Tucker or a um, Bijalika. I don't I don't even know if that's how you say his name to tell you the truth. But and I actually
1: um, think I got the pronunciation wrong the last episode. I think it's uh Belizia.
4: Belizia. Belizia, that's right. You know who was just saying that Nat? um they were just talking about that on on 975. So I think one of them is uh I don't know. It was on the morning show.
0: The uh, talk with Rob Manoff, off last out media. Um Nat, that was my guy, Belizia that I've been pushing for it that we were talking about way back when, prior to the bench struggles, that I said that the Sixers had a a person they were looking out out west. Sixers have always been looking at this guy. Um, He gives you the score and he gives you the the length. Um, We sell sheep. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm looking forward to it. Rob, I got two quick questions for you and then we're going to jump into uh, our favorite segment Q&A. Question one, do the Sixers hang on to the number one spot in the Eastern Conference? No. Okay. (laughs) Question two, do the Sixers get past the second round in the East playoffs? Yes. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. All right. Definitely going to bring you back on with that. But uh, (laughs) we're going to bring you back on and we'll discuss that. Uh, but Rob, man, you know the segment. You listen to the show. This is a Q&A where Nat has the questions. And sometimes I have the answers. if not, we just keep it real with you and tell you what we think. But Rob's going to jump in on some of these answers as well because he saw some of the questions. So, Nat, hit me with that first one. What we got?
1: All right, let's keep it nice and light for this first question, where I guess once you hear it, you might not think it's nice and light. But this is a fun low question, I think. It comes from Mar, and he asks – Worst Sixers player you've ever watched?
0: <laughs> Rob, take this one first.
4: I watched every game during the process. Exactly. So pick, pick someone. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> there's, a whole, there's a whole list of them, man.
0: The Gypsies, as Brett Brown called them, the Gypsies.
4: You know, uh, who, yeah. you know who used Go to ahead. make me angry, though? And I don't know if he's the worst player ever, but KJ McDaniels used to frustrate me so much. I hated watching him play. See,
0: my guy that frustrated me like that was Covington. But I but don't he, think
4: he, he, he... He's not. He can't. There's no way he could be the worst sixer ever. No, no, but no. Yeah. I was
0: just about to say that.
4: I agree. Yeah. Covington made me want to pull my hair out. And I'm yeah. bald. Like... Craig... <laughs>
0: Covington gave me anxiety.
4: Whenever like, he, he dribbled.
0: Just, oh my god! I just, I was so happy when he left. Like just good riddance but no, he wasn't the worst sixer I ever saw. Play.
4: They put they put <laughs> him in the skills challenge.
0: <laughs> I yeah, I hope no ref is standing behind the uh the t- the little the little uh, tube they throw the ball in because he might <laughs> break your nose.
4: You know um, why they did that though, right?
0: For what reason?
4: He's uh he's the only NBA player in the league that's uh, graduated from an HBCU. Ah,
0: so, okay. So Everyone representing down and then down he's there. representing
4: the HBCUs because he went to I think Tennessee State.
0: Yeah, I believe so.
4: Whatever it I is, so. and then Whatever it they're is. doing a the whole thing where they're donating to the, the HBCU colleges and stuff. Yes,
0: so. good pull. Good pull on that. So but regardless, no you know, yes, he frustrated me, but no, he wasn't the worst. Honestly, the worst sixer that I saw play is a tie between Charles Shacklefort and Sean Bradley. That's a tie for me. Those two were just flat out bums. Straight yeah.
4: bums. I think so, I think I think Bradley was better than what people think, but he wasn't first overall pick better. But.
0: Nah, not when he was here. He got better when you when he started becoming a journeyman, but not yeah. here. Not here. So, man. Nat, Nat, what else
1: you got? Can we throw in Howell Neto in there?
0: Yes. Is that yours, Nat? That's
1: mine. I got to go with Neto. <laughs> in, terms <laughs> of, like, in terms of, like, covering the team and, like, kind of watching them for a living, is Neto provided nothing. Like, literally nothing. It was like we went through the process, and the end result was Howell Neto. Oh,
0: man. I'm telling Matt, we- you, man there's a lot there's
4: a lot of guys Nat, were you were you a anti-tj guy too no
1: not an anti-tj guy because tj at least brought you something i mean tj definitely wasn't spectacular but for being a guy who was undrafted i mean i couldn't complain too much
4: yeah
0: no i love tj
4: Neto was like the uh south american tj to me but tj i always thought tj was better
1: yeah, TJ's way, yeah, way better. Way, way,
0: way better. Way better. Way better. But uh, guys, we'll save that for another discussion. Hey, Nat, what's the second question?
1: Alright, from Joe, Doc says he thinks the team can be a top defensive team, but they're 11th in points against with already two of the top defensive players in the league. What else can be done? A
0: lot can be done. To be a better defense, uh, defensive team, for one, they gotta have Batiste stop making tick tack fouls on three-point shooters. That's driving me up the wall right now. So they have to be more disciplined. I mean, I agree with Doc because this team earlier in the season was a good defense uh, defensive team, and they were in uh, they were in the tops of the league. So something happened as you know after this COVID hit our team, and we're seeing the struggles, and we're paying for it right now. But Matisse has to concentrate and focus on not fouling these guys the last minute uh 20 seconds the last 50 second uh shot clock running down i mean god forbid if he sends another person to the free throw line shooting three and the Sixers are trying to make a a push to extend the lead in the first quarter i'm surprised i still have a tv on the wall i mean it's it's ridiculous so yeah they gotta dig deep man they really gotta dig deep you know what you're getting out of ben you know what you're getting out of joe uh, the second unit has to dig deep and stop fouls. Hey, Rob, you
4: want to touch it? Yeah, I, I actually think. Um, I mean, they're so they're they fifth in defensive rating and eleventh in points against, which is you know it was what it was. But uh, if, if Matisse can make can actually be good offensively, you can you can play him more, and I, I think that would really help. So if you if you get Matisse to you know stop doing stupid fouls if he just can hit a couple shots because his shot is trending upward yes Um, yes you know in reality you don't have to rely on danny green so much um so you can rely on matisse a little better and matisse is at his age right now is a better you know all-ball defender um and then this goes back to kyle lowry man kyle lowry will give you that ability to guard the smaller guards that this team just can't do Facts. Like, Facts. And and that's not a shot at Ben. That's not a shot at Matisse. Um, but when you're a certain size, no matter how good of the defender are, you know, when you're 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 out there trying to guard a six one, six two, shifty kind of guard, he he can't do that at six ten.
0: And that's something that you look for out of out of Shaq Milton, or you know, I'm not looking for that out of a Tyrese Max, He's Still a rookie. He's Still the 21st uh, overall pick. Okay.
4: Event, eventually, Maxie could potentially be that guy. Potentially, yeah.
0: Shake, you, you look for that in the guy like Shake, and you don't get it. So I'm not picking on Matisse. It's just little things, you know, the yeah. little things that stick out. Like let us be let's keep it 100. Shake's defense has been trash. Cortez's defense has been trash. Um, Matisse has been up and down. Mike Scott has been injured. Dwight Howard is Nervous Noel. He can't keep his hands off anybody. I mean, if they just tighten up a little bit and clean up the mess, they could be a better defensive team. But that's a good question. Nat, what else you got?
1: From Slick Talk, do the Sixers still need to make a move for a point guard, and
0: if so, who? Go ahead, Rob, drop your guy. Yes, Kyle Lowry. (laughs) There it is. We're going to move on. We've already touched that and exhausted. What else you got, Nat?
1: All right then, from Jason. Who will be the toughest matchup for Joel Embiid in the postseason?
0: Um, postseason. So if we're talking in the East, nobody. The Raptors. Yeah, yeah, Raptors. But if we're talking specific player, nobody. If we're talking specific team, Raptors. Maybe Miami if they face them.
4: Nah, there, there's not a single player in the league that can guard him the way he's playing.
0: No, no, that's why I said nobody. I mean, but yeah. that's a good pull by you. Nick Nurse does know how to guard Joel, but it, all Joel has to do is make the
4: basketball play, and
0: pass you know out what? of the double team, and let the Sixers knock it down.
4: If you if you watch the the last two Toronto games too, um, the first one that they lost, he was making the right plays. They were yep. just they were just missing shots. Yep. So, and then the
0: second time they played, they actually made they made a little then, bit more than what they were in the first game, which you know allowed them to hold on to the lead. And another thing, it's it's bad that the Sixers have to d- depend on guys like Korkman's getting hot to beat teams like Toronto. Like, what is it about Toronto that the Sixers just can't figure out?
4: I I don't know. I, I honestly don't. Um, and I think it just starts with. Him, them knowing how to defend Joelle better.
0: Yep. Yep. Nick Durst, man. Good coach. Hey, Nat, what else you got?
1: So we got one last question, and this one comes from Marcus. Is it time for a Tobias Harris apology tour from a nice amount of the fan base?
4: Yes. It was time three months ago. (laughs) Yes.
0: It was time three months ago, and yes, it is time now. So for all you Tobias Harris haters out there, Instagram, Uh, Facebook, Twitter, whatever, Google, whatever you use to communicate, y'all need to apologize to Tobias Harris because my man is hooping. He's hooping. So, yes, I agree. Nat,
1: yes, no? This guy's an absolute baller. I mean, this season, how can you give any grade, at least at this point in the season, how can you give Tobias Harris anything less than... A B plus in an overall grade. I mean, what else does the guy need to do to win you over at this point? Touch it, Rob. Uh,
4: nothing for me. Um, for me, I mean, I I didn't think Tobias was as bad as people thought he was last year, and I thought he was being used wrong. But the ideas and the the the, the like, somebody told me that we'd be better off with PJ Tucker than Tobias Harris before the season. Like,
0: I hope you slapped that person.
4: <laughs> well, it was Twitter, but um. Like, yes, The even if Tobias Harris wasn't playing the way he was playing right now, if he was just good and not really good, there's people that would have owed him an apology because the the thoughts around Tobias Harris before this season were absolutely insane. Like, people people thought that he was terrible. Somebody said that there's like, oh, no, that was Ben, never mind. But, yes, people the, owe Tobias an apology.
0: And... and, and. I'm gonna counter that they also gain apologies too. Real talk, yes. real talk. I'm the band slander. I don't even answer it anymore. There's there's no need to, no need to. But uh, hey, listen. You guys want to get in touch with us? Hey, Rob, give everybody uh your outlets. Let everyone know how they can reach out to you.
4: You can find me on Twitter. My uh, I'm at my ad is uh, manoffrm. That's pretty much all I use. But if you want to go to my Facebook, Rob Manoff, if you want to go to my Instagram, it's Manoff52. And then you can always check out the website, lastoutmedia.com. Um, scroll Last over. Last Out Media Network. Nah, no, it's it's either one.
0: Oh, it's either one now?
4: Yeah, we we started out with Last Out Media Network, and then we were right. able to get Last Out Media. So you could go to either one right now, and it'll bring you to the same homepage.
0: Okay, then, good,
4: good. Then slide over to our words. And if you go to Sixers, you can read everything that I put out. And if you're there, read everything else, because our writers are actually really good, and I enjoy their stuff.
0: Yeah, we we do good work, man. We got a nice team. Hey, uh, hey, Nat, at Full Court 76 that's the handle. You guys have any questions, any comments, anything you want to be brought to the table, reach out to us at DickTWill34 at Nat underscore Marlowe. Hey, listen, man, this was fun. All-Star Edition. Everybody enjoy the game. Real quick, Team Durant, Team LeBron. Nat, who you got?
1: Uh, yeah, I got Team Durant because of Embiid.
0: Okay, Rob. Right.
4: Team LeBron, just because I want to be different.
0: Yeah, you, you would be different. <laughs> I'm going to Team Durant. I want to see the East finally win it, and I want Embiid to shut them up, give him his first loss as being on LeBron's team. So, but, uh, hey, man, fun times. Enjoy the break. Enjoy the game. Uh, Rob, we do something called final thoughts. You want to give all your final thoughts since you was the guest of the show today?
4: Uh, not much. Go Sixers. And I'll tell you this it's time to start coming to grips with this team being a contender. Um, I know people, you know, be scared to put yourself out there but you know let (laughs) let it happen all right because this team is good and we have a guy in the driver's seat that's going to put us over the top
0: hey amen to that matt final thoughts
1: final thought man i'm happy that i'm starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel i got my first vaccination tomorrow morning so
0: hit that applause button man congratulations
1: (laughs) thank you i can't wait man Yes, thank you, thank you. I can't wait to get this first one done. I certainly can't wait for the second one and uh, be able to see my parents again once they get vaccinated. So, yeah, let's let's do this, everybody. Let's stay strong, stay safe, and uh, keep your health in check. Do whatever you can to progress it instead of regress it.
0: Listen, my final thought. I'll piggyback a little bit off it. If y'all, if y'all want to get sick and die, go ahead. I don't care. I'm not. Listen, I'm tired. I'm tired of trying to preach. Stay safe, stay healthy, and everybody wants to be idiotic out here. So, dude, listen, that's on you. Me, I'm gonna stay safe. I'm gonna mask up, vaccinated. Don't be like Texas. Be smart, people. Uh, we love you, even if you don't think someone else does, because we want everyone here to enjoy the rest of the sixth season. Uh, also, be cautious on this second half of the schedule don't get ahead of yourself there's going to be some tough games there's going to be some weird losses I think the Sixers can hold on and finish this out as the number one team in the East it's going to be tough though but no no knee-jerk reactions let it play out let's see what Daryl Morey brings in Let's see how, what Doc Rivers does to unleash a little more Embiid and Simmons. I think the panel here agrees Embiid is the MVP of the league. For Embiid to win this reward, he's going to have to finish strong. And he's going to have to play more games. And I think the Sixers are going to have to win the East. That's the only way he's going to win the MVP. And I think Ben's got a shot at defensive player of the year. So... We're going to leave it on that note. Rob, good stuff, brother. Uh, You're always welcome to come back. Definitely probably bring you back on before playoffs and uh, chat it up with you. Uh, This is Philly Full Court Press. I'm your host, Big T Will. That's Nat Marlowe, the producer extraordinaire. Peace.